Um, yeah, so I, I wanted to talk about Sugya. We just I, I learned it recently with my my guys in yeshiva. Sugya at the end of the third parak in in Chulin about the uh, Chagavim. Chagavim are, are grasshoppers or, or locusts. Uh, grasshoppers and locusts are really a uh, well. What's the difference between a grasshopper and a locust? Maybe it's worth uh, knowing. A, a locust is really a kind of grasshopper. There are, there are lots of there are thousands of kinds of grasshoppers, and most of them, all of them. Um, for the most part, are they? They uh, they're harmless. They live uh, pretty solitary uh, lives, but there are certain varieties of of, of grasshopper that they're like the Dr. Bruce Banner of uh, grasshoppers. That they they they're mild mannered uh, grasshoppers, like any other grasshopper nor- normally. But then uh, sometimes, under population pressure, if they become too overpopulated, they undergo some kind of uh, transformation. They turn into the Hulk and they change color and they look more fierce and they start to swarm. And uh, then they can ravage a whole uh, a whole uh, area. So those are locusts. But locusts are really just grasshoppers that have uh, that have gone some kind of hormonal uh, change. In any event, the Torah says that there are species of grasshoppers that are kosher. The Torah lists four, in a way, it's really eight. The Torah says four species of grasshoppers that are kosher. We're going to take a look at the Pesukim in a second. And Arba Salam Chago and Chagov Lumineu, each Lumineu, it says four times Lumineu, so each Lumineu is another four, is another species, so it's eight species, and there are list species of grasshoppers that are, that are muttered to, to eat. And uh, we're going to talk, we're going to talk a little bit about why, why we don't all have grasshoppers for supper. They're actually very nutritious. So I don't think anybody here probably has had a grasshopper lately. So what's the reason for that? So that's going to be one of the things we're going to talk about. Anyway, the topic is, uh, in the news a little bit, the grasshoppers. Because of the, there's a story after Chaim Kinevsky was, was nifter, even before he was nifter, there was a story that had a wide circulation. Chaim Kinevsky wrote a, I can't really call it a safer, but he wrote a, I guess say a monograph, a contrast on the topic of grasshoppers and their, and their kashas. And the story is that in the course of writing this safer, very hush of a safer, it's a small sugi, but he really covered every single aspect of it. Um, in the course of writing this little safer, so he, he wasn't, he had a question about what exactly this, uh, these chagovim, uh, look like, and since he'd actually never seen one, so it uh, bothered him. He felt a little bit slimy. And then, while he was uh, sitting at his table, lo and behold, a grasshopper or a locust—I guess they're locust—came uh, to his uh, popped, uh, came through his window and landed on his table, and he was able to examine it, and um, and he was able to continue with the with the safe, with the uh, with the safer. And that's the story. Rebbe Zinkanevsky used to tell the story over all the time. Story is a is a true story. Exactly a true story, not, not like many stories. It's actually a true story because there is a video of a fellow who, towards the end of Chaim's life, there was this, this fellow who used to like to bring Chaim things that would make him smile, interesting things. And he, and it's all documented on video. He, he brought Chaim, he went to an institute where they raise, they raise grasshoppers for study. Grasshoppers are very important to study locusts. They, important, um, you know, there are institutions that study locusts because of their importance and their danger. So he went to a place where they raise, where they breed, a laboratory where they breed locusts, and he, he took from them a bunch of locusts of the type that are eaten by Yemenite Jews. Yemenite Jews, till modern times, had a tradition which locusts are kosher, a certain variety of locusts they held as kosher, and they ate locusts. So they brought this locust, so he brought these, uh, this, lo- this particular kind of locust called a Chagab, uh, Chagab Midbar in Hebrew, a desert locust, and he, he brought it there of Chaim Kadevsky. And he, it's video. And uh, in the course of the conversation, Chaim says, "Yeah, this is exactly like the one that was here on my on my table." So, see, it's a true uh, story. There's a version of the story that's not true, which is that um, which is follows that the, there's, a, there's a version that's current of this story, 
that the particular grasshopper, that, the problem that Rakhayim had, and the reason why he was so happy when he saw this grasshopper is that there's a famous, difficult, a famously difficult Rashi. Rashi in, in Chulun says it, and it's also Rashi Alatara. Thank you. I'll show you the Rashi. Let me share the screen over here. Here we have the Psukim, the Parshish Shmini. Torah says, which it springs on the earth. And then the Torah lists four species, particular species, and each one has a lumineo, some kind of related species that's added in addition. So Rashi says, what does it mean that it has these above the other legs? If you asked me, I would have said that above the other legs means we know that the, the legs with which the grasshopper springs are taller then the other, I don't have a picture of a grasshopper, but I'm sure you could Google one yourself. Um, they're taller than the other legs. But Rashi says a different shot. I, I, we don't know a source for this Rashi. It's not a Chazal anywhere. But Raglov, says, Mimalaraglov, take a look here at the Rashi. Mimalaraglov says, Rashi, Samachlit Savoro, Yeshli Kiminstairaglayim, Levad Dalad Raglov. Next to its neck, it has two jumping legs besides the other four legs. Now, Rashi describes these Chagovim as having jumping legs that are Closer to the head than the other two, le- than the other four legs. And then Rashi goes on and says that with the arm, Rashi continues later that he says, uh, they were very common. gives even the French name. We're not sure which of the four the Torah singles out. We'll come back to that part of the Rashi. But the part that interests us right the second is that Rashi says that the jumping legs are so much they're, they're near the neck. Rashi apparently understood, means closer to the head than the other four legs. The problem is that the, the locusts that Yemenite Jews eat, um, the jumping legs are not near the neck, but they're behind the other four legs. They're further back in the body. So it's against this Rashi. So, in fact, the Arachayim Alatayra points this out, and the Arachayim says that he wrote in his Sefer on Yeridea that because of this Rashi, they're wrong. They should stop eating these uh, locusts because they're obviously not the locusts that Rashi uh, was describing because Rashi's locusts had the jumping legs close to the head. Whereas the locusts that the Yemenites eat um, are behind the other legs, they're closer to the tail. So it must not be, it's not these uh, locusts that the Torah is uh, talking about. That's the Arachayim. It's all discussion. The problem is that it's not as if we knew about other grasshoppers that had the legs uh, closer to the neck. There are no grasshoppers or locusts that have the legs close to the neck. All the grasshoppers that we know, um, the legs are, it would be useful here to have a picture, but I don't have a picture. I don't, well, maybe I do have a picture. This one I used. Shulis night. We talked about grasshoppers in Shul. They made this little booklet. And here we have. If I can even magnify it. Here you have a locust. This is the locust of the Yemenites eat the desert locust, Chagav Midbar. And you can see here the the legs. There's four legs, and then the jumping legs are behind, further back in the body. So, and all the locusts are like this. It probably wouldn't be aerodynamic if it was any other way. All the locusts in the world. And the, and the crickets and all the jumping insects, they're all like this. The jumping legs are behind. So it's a Shver Rashi. So there's a version of the story 
going back to the story of Chaim Kineski, there's a version of the story that this was bothering of Chaim. And lo and behold, a, 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 a locust or a grasshopper jumped in his window that had Rashi's legs. It had the legs, Samach Lutzavoy. That was what was Chaim was so, so, so happy about. That's the version of the story that has a, also a wide circulation. That version of the story is certainly natural because in the video of Chaim, where the fellow brought in the this desert locust that we just saw in the picture, this is the one that the Yemenites eat. And Chaim said, yeah, this is exactly the locust. It's a plain, ordinary locust that, the, that they eat. This is the locust that they brought that, that was here on the table. And they have, a, and he discusses with the fellow who brought him locust. They have a discussion about the fact that the legs are not like Rashi, they're further back. And the Yemenites eat it nonetheless. And what do they, what do, they do with the Rashi? Well, they're not really Mishuba to the Rashi. They don't have to follow Rashi. The, the Yemenites, they have their own tradition. But uh, all the locusts are like that. So the Yemenites say that even though it jumps with the back legs, but when it jumps, it, it pushes off with the front legs. So that maybe in a way, the jumping legs are the ones that are Samach Litzavar. The very first shot. Chaim said, yeah, Kenzai, maybe. But in any event, you see it from the, from the documentary evidence that the locust that came to Chaim wasn't some kind of strange uh, locust. It was an ordinary locust, like all the other ones. And it has his legacy in the place where the legs are supposed to be. And the Rashi is a difficult Rashi. We don't really know what to do about the, the Rashi. Yeah, so let's go back to the Psukim, try to understand. I want to talk through just a few highlights. We don't have time to do the Sugi, really, the whole length and breadth of the Sugi at all. But I just want to talk about a few, a few highlights. And we'll have maybe some insights also uh, from Rav Chaim Kineski's uh, Sefer that we'll be able to, um, to bring in. So let's go back and look at the Psukim again. Okay. So again, the Pesuk says, starting from Pesuk Chafalaf, these are the ones that you are 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 said before you're not allowed to eat these flying insects. But the following ones you are allowed to eat. The kri over here is loy with the vav. It has jumping legs. So the pasuk first starts with a general heta that anything that has jumping legs, four legs, and then another two jumping legs, kriyim. The Mishnah calls them katsulai, um, are mutter. So that's a very general heter. It seems to be very broad. If it has jumping legs, like a grasshopper, then it's mutter. Then the Torah says, more specific, these are the ones you could eat. Now, there's only certain minim. So now it seems to be limiting it, like a pirate. It specifies only these, these minim. However, each one of these minim, it also has a more general term of luminoi or lumineu to its species, which maybe makes it a little bit broader again. So this is a debate in the Gemara. The Gemara has two, two braises. What's called in the Gemara, Tana de Beirav and Tana de Beirav These are two different versions of the Medrash Halacha and Sefer Vayikra. Tana de Beirav, that's what we call Teres Kainim or Sifra. That was the standard uh, Medrash Halacha on, on, uh, on Vayikra, which we have. And in the Gemara, it's called Tana de Beirav because it was the standard b'risa that in, in Beirav and the yeshivas, everybody knew uh, well, everybody was familiar with. And then there were other versions that were less familiar, such as Tana de Rabbi Shmuel, which was the version of the Medrash Halacha that was taught in the yeshiva of Rabbi Yishmael. And Tana de Rav on the one hand, and Tana de Rav on the other, had two divergent approaches, how to understand these, these psukim. The fact that it's, in Gemara, the Pesach starts with a general cloud that anything that has the cry and the jumping legs is mutter, and then it has a, a prat that only is for a specific meaning. The Tanit Veravish approach is this is called a klalu prat. And the rule is, we have in the price of Rabbi Shmuel, we say at the end of Karbonus every morning, klalu prat in b'chala lamashe prat. 
that when you have a general statement and then a more specific statement, the general statement is limited and contains only the things that are specified that are enumerated in the prat. So here, even though it starts with a general rule, we call Sheretz Hoif, anything that has there, the Rashalik, but since the Torah then specifies four minim, Arba Salam Chagol and Chagov, and then Limineu, Tanad Rav, takes to mean another specific four minim. So it's four and four, Arba, and then Liminoi. Liminoi is another min that's like the Arba. And Salam, Limineu is Salam, and then there's another min that's like the, like the Salam, similar to the Salam, related to it. And Chagol and, and Chagol likewise. That's a total of eight minim, four minim that are the four Arba, the four that are given names, and the other four of Limineu that are relatives of the first four. So that's eight minim, and that's it. According to Tanad Rav, there's only eight species of grasshoppers that you're allowed to, that you're allowed to, uh, to eat. That's Tanad Rav. In what way are these Limineus? How do we recognize the Limineus? Well, an Arba. Okay, we know its name is Arba. We'll ask it, what's your name? It says, I'm an Arba, so we know it's an Arba. But how do we know which one is Limino? In what way is it similar to the Arba? So the Gemara talks about various features that Arba has that the other men, the Luminoi, the Gemara gives a name for each one of the Limineus also. Luminoi for the Arba is called, uh, it's called Yechli Yerushalmas, I think. And then there's uh, Razvanus. Each one has, a, the Gemara has Aramaic names for these uh it knows what they are. The Gemara talks about what are the features of an arba that it's it's lemineu with the yechni yushalmas grasshopper shares with it. So the Gemara talks in terms of a few different variables: the length of the head. All of these arbas have all of these minim have short heads. It talks about the what's called the gabachas, which Rashi understands to mean that its its head is not fuzzy; it has a smooth head. Um, there's other pshatim. But anyway, it's called gabachas, and and if it has a tail, some are, some grasshoppers have tails and some don't. So those are the variables the Gemara works with. So the arba has neither a gabachas nor a tail, and it's min, it's cognate species. Also, doesn't have neither a gabachas nor a tail, and the hagel has both. And the salam has one and not the other, and the chagav maybe the other way around. So those are the way we recognize these are the smidim that are similar to the to the these are the limineus of the various smidim. Uh, what's important is that there's only eight specific species that the Torah was matter, nothing beyond uh, beyond that. On the other hand, Tana Devei Rabbi Shmuel, he takes Lemineu to mean not a specific species, but it's a klal. And we have another rule that klal uprat to klal. When you have a general statement, and then the Torah enumerates examples but then the Torah says another statement that makes it general again. So then we say that the Torah is not only enumerating, that there's nothing else except the enumerated things, but rather the minim, the, the protim that the Torah enumerates, we take them to be examples of the kind of thing that we're talking about. But it's not limited to those, anything like those. So here the Torah is a general rule, anything that has the jumping legs, but, and then enumerates certain species. But it says lemineil. For each one. The Mineu, Quintetani Rabbi Shol, means it's a chaz of a cloud. So it's a cloud, uprat the cloud, so we're done ke'en And we say, well, what do all of these minim have in common? You know, we don't look, we're not limiting it to the, these four minim or even to eight minim. Maybe there's many minim. But what are the salient features that that these four specified kinds of of, uh, of shrotsim have in common? And the Gemara lists four, the Mishnah in Dachman Test lists four, four important features that all of these species uh, share. And they are that they have arbor they have four legs, 
and two kraayim. They have the two jumping legs, and they have four wings. Arba knafayim, the knaf of chayven is and the wings themselves cover most of the body. Those are the salient features of these uh, grasshoppers. And any species, according to Tanya Rebbe Shmuel, that has those features, we take it to be a kosher mitzvah. It's not limited to four species. It's not even limited to eight species. It's limited. It's all the species, all of the species that have these features of the, the jumping legs with four wings, the wings cover most of the body. And if it has those four simonim, which means these crying, the jumping legs, those four simonim, says the Mishnah and Daphne Tess, that it's a kosher, it's a kosher uh, grasshopper. The Gemara says, what's the practical nafkamina between Tana de Verav and Tana de Verav? What's the difference between Tana de Verav's approach that these are eight specific meaning that Torah is allowing, and Tanivri Rabbi Shmuel's approach, that we're married anything that shares the four simonim. The Gemara says, well, the nafkamin is for a grasshopper that has a long head. There are grasshoppers that have long heads, but none of the, none of the ones that the Torah lists have long heads. They all have short heads. So the Gemara says, according to Tanivri Rav, only these eight species, the long-headed grasshoppers are not included. According to Tanivri Bishmuel, that's not from the salient features. It's not enough like a grasshopper. Or dashes from Ether a little bit. It's enough like a grasshopper that those are kosher, kosher too. You're trying to ask, why there could be other nafgaminas? Why only long headed grasshoppers? Even if it's a short headed grasshopper, like most grasshoppers have short heads. But uh, if it's not from the eight species, so then, so then it's going to Tanya Rabbit's also, and according to Tanya Rabbit's Sholem's mutter, why is the nafgamina only for Rosh Aruch? So the Gemara is trying to grapple with this question. I'm saying in a chenami, two answers in Taisus. Maybe in a chenami, the Gemara is saying in Chiddush, that even according to Tanya Rabbit's Sholem, Will allow even a long-headed grasshopper, but the short-headed ones also. There could be a difference in Tanya Rav and Tanya Rav Shmuel, and that places another possibility that maybe all the short-headed grasshoppers fall under these eight minim, and there are no grasshoppers that are short-headed that don't fall under these minim. These are these minim are broad categories. So the whole nafkamin is for the long-headed grasshoppers. So how do we pass it? How do we pass it? Do we pass it like Tanya Rav that there's only eight species, or do we pass it like Tanya Rav Shmuel that there's any species that has the simonim? Let's take a look at the Ramam. Again, just so we appreciate what's going on here in the Ramam, let's just re- recapitulate. We have the, the, the Pesach. The Pesach could be read in two ways. Kind of the Rav's approach is the Pesach has to be read as a Kalubrat. The Torah is a general rule. You're allowed to eat jumping, jumping bugs, with the ones that have the jumping legs, but only the following four species with their, with their lumineus. That's eight species in all. So, and that's it. And that's the approach of Tanah the Rav. It's a Kalubrat. Then we have the approach of Tanah Rebbe Shmuel, who says, Lumineu is a cloud, and it's a cloud of Pratu cloud, and we'll marvel all species of grasshoppers, as long as they are similar to the enumerated four species, in, the, in, in similar in what way, that they have the four features of Arba Raglayim, the Arba Knafayim, the Katsulayim, the, the jumping legs, and Knaf of Chayfin So those are the two approaches in the Gemara. Let's take a look at the Ramah. Look at the Ramah, Halacha Chavalach. The Torah is matir eight species of grasshopper. Me'elohen, Chagov, Min Chagov, the related species, Behu Harazvonis, Chagol, Umin Chagol, Behu Harazvonis, Arbe, Umin Arbe, Behu Tzipayos Akromim, Salom, Umin Salom, Behu Yoichno Yerushalmas. So Ram starts off, there's eight species. That sounds like there's a cloud of prat. The Torah said, listed eight species, Arba, Salam, Chagol, 
Chagav, and the four Lumineus. So the Ram gives the Aramaic names from the Gemara. And that's it. There's only eight species. So that sounds like the Ram is passing like Tana de Beiraf. But then the Ram continues. He says, If you recognize these eight species on sight, then you could eat them without any further examination. And a hunter, a fellow who's uh, familiar with grasshoppers, goes hunting grasshoppers, big game hunter, hunts grasshoppers. So he's Neman to say that this is, that, that he, he's, Neman, he's Neman to say, I have the requisite expertise. And I can tell you that these are the eight grasshoppers, just like we find by a bird. The Gemara doesn't say this by Chagavim. The Gemara says it by birds. I'm earlier book that it, there's the entire list, 24 kinds of non-kosher birds, Nesher, Daya, Ay, and so on. And um, the Gemara says that if somebody knows all of those 24 non-kosher birds, he recognizes them. He knows them by name and by sight. Then he can, if you come with, if you if you present him with an unknown bird, and he says, "I can tell you for a fact, it's not one of the twenty-four, then you could rely on him, and you could eat that bird. So the Rambam says the same thing about the Chagavim. If you have a fellow who knows the kosher species of grasshoppers, he's an expert. He knows them all by sight and by name. So then he could say, he could tell you this grasshopper belongs to the eight species, and it's okay. But Umisha, anybody that can, what if you don't have a guy like that who's a big expert uh, grasshopper expert? Then what do you do? He says the Rambam, then you check the simanim. There's three simonim. Four legs. And four wings that cover most of the body. The Ram combines the two simonim of Arba Knafayim and Knaf of Chayfer Zubay into one simon. But yet, so where the, we're asked, the Mishnah talks about four simonim, the Ram reduces it to three because he combines two of them into one. And it has two jumping legs. That's a kosher species. Even if it has a long head, and maybe it has a tail in most grasshoppers, don't. it's not so typical as grasshopper. It doesn't matter. As long as it has the name Chagov, we'll talk about that in a minute. The Shmei Chagov, that's a big deal, but we haven't come to that yet. So it's taught. So the Ram seems to hear already, the Ram says, that if you don't recognize the eight species, don't worry. As long as you know the four Simonim, I'm close to three Simonim, but uh, the, you know, as long as you know the the, the, the four, the three simonim, it's kosher, even if it's shirayshorach, even if it has a long head, which is not something that any of the, any of the enumerated grasshoppers have. The Gemara says it's kosher. So here, the Ram seems to be passing like Tanit very Abishmal. So this is the, the, the this is the difficult Ram that lies at the heart of the city of grasshoppers. But the Ram seems to want to have it both ways. He passes like Tanit very but there's only eight species, and he passes like Tanit very Abishmal, but any species that has the four simonim. Is mother and the Gemara says beferish the Tanit of Erav and Tanit of Bishmol cannot coexist as two different sheets. And the Gemara even says an Achimina for Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is not good according to Tanit of Erav and it is good according to Tanit of Bishmol. Well, the Ram says Rosh Hashanah is kosher, so that's like Tanit of Bishmol. But he also lists the eight species and that's like Tanit of Erav. So this is a Shvei Ram. So the Ram is doubly difficult. The Ram is difficult first of all because he's against the Gemara. The Gemara says Tanit of Erav and Tanit of Bishmol cannot coexist. The Machlekes and the Ram Paskins both. So for that, I have nothing to say. So, so sure, I know the, Ram, the Ram must have had another source. And actually, the Ram did have another source. Because the truth is, if you look in Torah's Kayanim, at Torah's Kayanim, the Torah's Kayanim brings the Bryce, uh, it has two drushes. It brings from the fact that it says four times Lumineo, that there are eight species. There's four species that go by name. And there's the four Lumineos, total of eight species. And then the Sephora himself, itself goes on to say that there's a Klal Prat Klal, and we're married by anything that has the four Simonim. So the same theory that you have in Rambam, you really have already in Torah's Kayanim, in Sifra. 
the Ramban, in the Chulun, the Ramban, the Chidushin points this out. And the Ramban says, you have to say this, if, that it's Misha Shana Zuloi Shana Zul, that it's two different opinions in the Torah's kind. It's the Nechami, it can't be reconciled. Because it's against the Gemara. The Gemara says they cannot be reconciled. The Ram obviously read the Sifra differently. He understood from the Sifra, not like the Gemara, that it could somehow be reconciled. So, okay, the Ram read the Sifra, but it's against the Gemara. The Ram, the Ram. So, okay, the, for some reason, the Ramam felt that this, the Sifra is dispositive and he overrode the Gemara. So that's, I don't know what to do with that, but that seems to be against the rules. But, uh, okay, who knows what else the Ram had, what are the sources? But, Never mind the fact that it's against the Gemara, but what sense does it make? Even if we ignore the Gemara, it's a steer the Rama. First, the Rama says that there's only eight species. And if you know them by, by, by sight, then you could eat those eight species. So it sounds like there's only eight species. The Torah, so when it says Lemineu, the Torah means another four, Lemineu, Lemineu, four times. It's another four species, a total of eight. And then the Rama himself says that if you don't know, this, if you don't know these species, you don't have to worry, just check the Simonim. If it's enough to check the simonim, then you're being mapped here a lot more species. That, that much it says clearly in the Gemara, all the species that are enumerated, they all have short heads. The Rama says that if it has the simonim, I don't care if it has a long head or a short head. So never mind the fact that the Rama is against the Gemara. What sense does the Rama make internally? And the Rama apparently read from the Sifra that it's the, both drushas are true. There's a klal of the klal. The has the sense of being a klal of the klal. It's more about anything that's like these, anything that has the basic four simonim. Doesn't matter, long head, short head, as long as it's basically a grasshopper, it's okay. And 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 he, at the same time, he also has the drosha that since it says four times the and not just once, it's not only a cloud about the cloud, but there is actually specifying eight species of grasshoppers. But what's the point of specifying eight? What's the point? Why should the third specify eight species if there are a lot more species that are kosher? Moreover, if there are other species that are kosher. So why does the Ram say that in order to, to eat a grasshopper, you have to be a book in the eight species of the Torah, the Torah delineated? What if I never heard of, I don't know anything about the eight species of the Torah that the Torah mentioned. But I'm a bookie, maybe I'm, this is my, my field, maybe I did a PhD on some other grasshopper that has the simonim, it has the katsulayim, the knafayim. I'm a bookie and I know that that grasshopper I recognize. And it's a kosher grasshopper. The Ram says if it has the simonim, it's a kosher grasshopper. So why can't, why, why did the Ram in Halacha Kavala when he says, if you're a boki, if you know these eight grasshoppers, you could just eat them without checking. Why do you have to be a boki only in these eight grasshoppers? What if I don't know these eight grasshoppers? But I'm a boki in some other grasshopper, which we know is a kosher grasshopper. And I'm a boki in it. So the Ram should say, if you're a boki in a kosher grasshopper, then you could be made, this is a kosher grasshopper, and you don't have to check this in because you know this grasshopper is a kosher grasshopper. And you can be made for other people. That's how it should be named for that too. Sounds in the realm of like this notion that if you're a boki behem vishmasayim oichol and it's site is nemon that that you could just eat on the basis of your expertise on site without having to bother to do the work of checking the simonim that's only by these eight species. By the way, there's a big nafkamina. What if you have a grasshopper that comes to you and it doesn't have, and the simonim have been removed? It was already roasted. They used to grill them. It's already been roasted. The wings are gone, but you recognize it, so you can't check the simonim. Too late to check the simonim. But if you're a boki saying you could eat it, and it's side, it could tell you this is one of the eight, and it's kosher. But it's not from the Ramam, only the eight. But if uh, if the side comes and tells you this is not one of the eight, or I don't know anything about the eight, but I know about another grasshopper, and I'm very familiar with it, I know what it looks like, and I know that it has the simonim, and this is it. So it's smash from the Ramam, that's no good. Why not? Why not? If 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 the fact is that any grasshopper that has the simonim is kosher, so why is this dinner that at side nem and limited to the eight uh, to the eight species? 
It's all part of the same complex of problems in the Ram. There are different ways to say it. The steer, it's all the same steer in the Ram. First, the Ram gives a special yuchos to the eight. These are the ones that you could eat on site. And then the Ram says, but if it has any grasshopper that has the simonim, which is a much bigger, much larger set, any grasshopper that has the simonim, includes even grasshoppers that are raised shorach, which none of the eight have, you, you could still eat it. So there's this tremendous tension between halacha chaval and halacha chavbeis. How do we understand this in Ram? I want to suggest something based on something that Rechaim Kanevsky said in his in his country. So Rechaim Kanevsky doesn't answer this question. He, he raises the question. Can't really learn the signal without raising this question. But he says something else that I think we could use. This is the Ram. It's the same. It's the same parak in the Ram, which I didn't have it in my book, but I just got it here from Hebrew books. Now I'm here to let birds, not uh, not grasshoppers. So we're changing uh, things, changing the menu. So the, so the Ram says that the Torah lists 24 species of not kosher birds. It's the opposite of grasshoppers. By grasshoppers, the Torah lists the eight species that are kosher. And by by birds, the Torah lists the 24 species that are not kosher. The Gemara says because there's a lot more non-kosher grasshoppers than kosher grasshoppers. Right. The West, there are many more non-kosher grasshoppers than kosher grasshoppers. So they're list the ones that are kosher. My birds is the other way around. Anyways, the Ram says, Anybody who can recognize these 24 species of non-kosher birds by sight and by name, he knows all 24. Then any bird that he knows, not from the 24, he could eat it. He doesn't have to check if it has the physical features of a kosher bird. Her list 24 non-kosher birds. It doesn't tell me physical features, just list 24. But the Chazal and the Mishnah, they gave physical characteristics, which you could check. And if it, if, if, if it checks off on the checklist, all of the physical characteristics that the Mishnah describes, then you know that it's not from the 24 non-kosher birds. That's how we're able to eat birds. We don't know all 24 non-kosher birds. But Chazal, they investigated all the 24 birds, and they said, this checklist, if, it, if you can check off all of the boxes, it has a crap, and it has a muscular stomach, and it has a, an extra toe. So there's all this of Simon. If if it checks off all of those th- all of those things, then it's a kosher bird. It's not one of the twenty four. So the Ram says, therefore, from, therefore, if you're a bulky and you recognize the not the twenty four not kosher birds on site, so you're good to go. You don't have to check. You don't have to do any examinations. You don't have to check its stomach. You can eat it. And the Ram says another thing: a kosher bird. If there's a tradition that it's kosher, you could also eat it. As long as it's a it's a dove poshut in that particular locality, that this is a kosher bird. A tzayid, a hunter, we talked about a hunter before by Chagovim, he's neman to say that my Rebbe, who's also a hunter, told me that this is a kosher bird. As long as the the, the Rebbe, the one who's the origin of this Eidus, uh, is a boki b'minim elu l'shmeseim, knows all 24 not kosher birds. And then the Ram goes on to say, and if you don't have any of this, you don't have a Messiah, you don't have a Baki, then you can check the Simonim. And if you check the Simonim and it checks out, then it's also kosher. But Chaim Kinevsky has the following question. Apparently, we believe it's Sayyid. But Sayyid is never to say, my Rebbe, the Sayyid, I went to Sayyid school and I know I know all the non-kosher birds, and this is a kosher bird. Because it's not one, I know it, I never, even if he doesn't know this bird, but he knows that it's not from the 24 that are not kosher. But we give Nemonus to the Eidus of Etzayim. 
if you don't have that, says the Ramam. Well, if it's a Dover Poshet, if it's a Dover Poshet in that locality, that a chicken is kosher. You don't have to ask a side who knows all the not kosher birds. Everybody knows that a chicken is kosher. You can eat a chicken. So Chaim pointed out, there's a case that the Ramah left out. What if you have a bird that comes to you and it's not a Dover Poshet, it's not a chicken. But I have a Tzayid who tells me that he heard from his Rebbe the Tzayid that this bird is a kosher bird. But the Rebbe the Tzayid he knows it's a kosher bird because he has a tradition that it's a kosher bird. But he's not a bokeh in all 24 not kosher birds. He's not such a big bokeh in this side. But this bird he knows, he heard from other other tzayodim. He, he knows that this is a kosher bird. Doesn't say in the Ramam that that's okay. Why is, why is that not okay? The, the Ramam says it has to be either that you have a tzayod who knows all the not kosher birds in the Torah. He's an expert. He has a PhD in not kosher birds. He knows all the he knows all the non-kosher birds. And he, he could be made with a great, with expertise. He's the world expert. He could tell you this is a kosher bird. Or it has to be a double potion by Simokum. What if it's not a double potion by Simokum? But, the, but I have a side who tells me that it's kosher. He's not an expert in all the birds in the world, or all the non-kosher birds in the world. But this bird he knows, and he has a tradition that this bird is kosher. So that's what I'm saying, that that's not good enough. So Chaim Kineski said, apparently the Ramah holds that in order to be to attest that a bird is kosher, it has to be either that I have an expert who knows the idea all the non-kosher birds in the world, and therefore he can say from a full, a fully, a total idea. He has a total idea of all the of everything that Torah said about not about kosher and non-kosher birds. Torah said twenty-four non-kosher birds. He has a total idea in that. He can be made. This is a kosher bird. Failing that. Then I need that it should be a, such a double portion by Simokim that it's not even a Suffolk. Everybody knows a chicken is kosher. In other words, it has, it has to either not be a Suffolk at all. It's a double portion. So it doesn't even write. It doesn't, it doesn't start to be a Suffolk. But if already it's a Suffolk, it's not a double portion by Simedino, and I want to resolve the Suffolk, then the only person who can resolve the Suffolk is a person who's a Boki Behem Vishmusayim who knows everything the Torah has to say about non kosher birds, and anything less is not accepted. That's your kind of deal in this Ramah. I think it has to do with another Ramam. The Ramam in Halacha Aleph, the very beginning of, the, of this parak, the Ramam says, Mitzvah's essay, Leda Hasimonim Shemavdilim Ben Behemah Vachayim Vaypadogim Vachagohim. It's a Mitzvah's essay to know the Simonim that distinguish between a kosher and a non kosher animal or bird or, 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 or a grasshopper. So it's not so clear. What is this Mitzvah to know the Simonim? It's in the Mitzvah Tamatara. You have to go to school and study the Simonim. What is this? The Ram in the Sefer Mitzvah has the same Mitzvah, but there the Ram says the Mitzvah is to be Baidik the Simonim. So which is it? To be Baidik the Simonim or to be Lyodeya the Simonim? So Rukhain Kineski talks about this also, and he says that, that, and I'm amplifying a little bit what he said, that the, 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 the Ram understood that there's a Mitzvah in Torah, the Torah says, Behivdaltim, the Ram here brings the Bosik, Behivdaltim bena behema Torah letmeya, to be Magdal. You know, the Gemara says that the reason why Havdol is in the Brach of Atachayin and Lodom Das is because in Das, Havdol Minayin. The act of differentiating requires Das. The Torah says there's a mitzvah before you eat a food, before you eat a bird or a grasshopper or, or, whatever, or, or any kind of animal. There's a mitzvah to be Magdal and to distinguish, to do the mental act of determining if it belongs to the kosher species or the not kosher species. Ram and Sefer Mitzvah calls it to be Baidik. Ram here in, in the Halachas calls it Leda. But it's, they're not in his terms. Leda, to be Mabdul, it means that the act of Das, 
that I can say with a total das, with a total comprehensive das, I can say I know totally, with total confidence, that this bird is kosher and this bird is not kosher. And that's a Mitzvah's essay. The Chinuch writes that if a person ate a bird, not knowing for sure if it's kosher or not kosher, and it turned out that it was kosher, it was 100% kosher, but he didn't check it carefully, and he, wasn't, he didn't really ascertain it carefully beforehand, but he violates this Mitzvah's essay of, of, of Le Dasimon. You can't just eat and say, well, you know, it's probably kosher. If it's not kosher, you know, it's on the, it's on the, it's on the shoulders of the mashkiach. No, it's not my problem. Uh, if you're not sure if it's kosher, you know, you see, sometimes people see a, it's very negative, a lot, well, a lot of times people sometimes see something that has ashkocha. They don't know if it's a good ashkocha or not. They say, well, you know, even if it's not a good ashkocha, it's on the rabbi's shoulders. So, you know, even if you're lucky and, you know, and, 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 you, and, and it turned out that it was kosher, but you violated this mitzvah sesting. There's a mitzvah sesting, lay that simonim. It has to be a total idea. It can't just be, well, probably it's kosher. So the Ram holds, it goes after the kach, that if you have a bird, so if it's a dover posher, everybody knows that a chicken is kosher. So then it's not even a suffolk. So that's for sure okay. But once it's a suffolk, then they have to, you can only resolve the suffolk with yidia. And the yidia that's required, it's not enough for this yidia to have somebody come and say, I heard from my rebbe this is a kosher bird. It's not good enough. Unless the guy can say, I heard from somebody who knows thoroughly all of the halachas, everything the Torah said, all the 24 minim, all the 24 species of non-kosher birds, and I heard from him, this is a kosher bird, and that's called the yedia, that's called leida simonim, and that you could rely on. But anything less than that, not able to rely on. That's how Chaim Kineski explains this Ramam about the Boki Behem of Ushmaseim. So now going back to the other Ramam, the Ramam Bar Chagom, Let's go back to the Ram Bet Chagav. The Ram says two halachos. He says the Torah specified eight minim. Chagav, min Chagav, Chagel, min Chagel. Eight, speci- eight minim that the Torah said specifically are kosher. So the Ram, if you're bulky behem of Shemesayim, if you have knowledge of those minim, you could eat it. And could, and just a piece of by birds, it's Sayyid could say, I'm an expert, or my Rebbe was an expert, and he told me this is a kosher grasshopper, because he knew all the kosher grasshoppers. He had total knowledge, and that's okay. But if you don't have that, then you have to be vaydik to simonim. And what are the simonim? And so on. And if it has that, then it's tar. So he has that second category of checking the simonim. That includes many more grasshoppers than the eight that are enumerated. So what's the point of having a, of enumerating eight, eight particular ones if, if there are really more grasshoppers that are kosher, long-handed grasshoppers that are not from the eight that the Torah enumerated? And, and furthermore, why do you have to be a bulky dafki in those eight? Why is, can't, can't you be a bulky? I don't know these eight, but I'm a bulky in some other grasshopper that the Torah never mentions, but I know from my research that that grasshopper has the simonim, and now I recognize it on sight. And uh, I can, why can't you eat that grasshopper without checking the simonim? So I think the answer lies over here. The Ram, the Ram understood, as we, he took it from the Torah's claim, that the Torah says two things. The Torah is telling me, how do you have your deal? There's a mission later, later has simonim, live like has simonim. That in order to eat a grasshopper, you have to have a confident idea that it's a kosher grasshopper. And the Torah gives me two routes to that idea. One is the Torah lists eight species. And if you're a Boki Behemovish Mesayim, the Torah says you could rely on that. You don't have to know all the grasshoppers in the world, and maybe there are other grasshoppers in the world. But these are the eight that the Torah says, these are maybe the most common ones. The Torah says these are the eight that the Torah says that if you recognize those grasshoppers, then you're, uh, if you recognize those grasshoppers, then, it's, um, then you could eat it on, on that basis. But what if you don't recognize them? So then Torah gives me a different basis. You could put it in the Simonim. 
And Enechanami, being Vaidik and Simonim will give you more kosher grasshoppers, maybe grasshoppers that are not included in the first date. Right? But it's, it's still two different halachas. It's two different ways to recognize a kosher grasshopper. The Torah says you can recognize it on site, but that the Torah says there are eight meaning the Torah says if you recognize them on site, then you're an expert. And it's good enough. You don't have to know, you know, maybe there's other grasshoppers in the Amazon somewhere or there's other, other grasshoppers that are also kosher. You don't have to know that. For that, you, know, you don't need such, a, such an expertise. You need to know these eight. Again, maybe I'm speculating. Maybe these are the ones that are common. Says, if you know these eight, you can eat a grasshopper on site. And if you don't know these eight, then you have to resort to the simonim. The simonim are gone and they grilled away and then you're stuck. But you have to check the simonim. And if you check the simonim, then, it, then, then it's a different drosha. The Ram, again, it's against the Babli. The Babli says the Tana, the Ram, and Tana, and Yishmael don't, don't work together. But the, but the Ram is on the Torah's claim that they could work together. That it's two different things, and they're both true, two different drushes. There's because Lemineu and the one in it's a cloud, but on the other end, it's also says it four times, so it's four protein. Lemineu does like a double duty. So there's there's eight species that are enumerated. If you recognize them in sight, you can eat it. But then if you don't recognize them in sight, then you have to come out to the cloud of part of the cloud. There's also a cloud of part of the cloud, but anything that's like these species that it shares the same it's also kosher. And that's this uh, that's this other halach and halach chot base. Yeah, that's what I want to just. Take five more minutes. I want to just talk about one other, one other nekuda. And halach lemaisa, this is a very major one. The Rame said at the end, that the, after he said that this, you know, you can check the simonim. So the Rame had this line in Moya Shmoy Chagov Tar. The Rame adds a new condition. It has to be Shmoy Chagov. What does it mean, Shmoy Chagov? So this comes from a Mishnah. And that in Chulun Dat Mutes. Maybe I'll show you if I can show you the Mishnah. Here's the Mishnah. The Mishnah says, I love him. Here it is. When it comes to grasshoppers, can you see this now? Those are the four simonim that we saw before. It's kosher. Rabbi Yossi says, but there's another condition. It had to be called the Chagov. Chagov is apparently a general name for all of the, even though Chagov is one of the four minim, but it's also a general name for all grasshoppers. Like the Mishnah, in fact, the Mishnah began, Ubechagovim, so Chagavim is a general name. So Rabbi Yaisi says it has to be Shmoy Chagav. It's not enough to have the Simonim, it has to be Shmoy Chagav. There's a Machalikas Yishayim, if Rabbi Yaisi is coming to explain the Tanakama, or to be, or he's Chalik in the Tanakama. Does the Tanakama agree that there's a requirement of Shmoy Chagav? The Rif holds that Rabbi Yaisi is coming to argue, and he passes like the Tanakama. You don't need Shmoy Chagav. Most Rishonim learn, Taisus, the Ramban, the Rashba, the Ramam, that Rabbi is coming to be Mefarish, the Tanakhama, and everybody agrees there's this new requirement of Shmoy Chagov. That in order for grasshopper to be kosher, it has to be called Shmoy Chagov. Therefore, this is the reason why the Ramban, the Rashba, the Tur, the Shulchanach say that we don't eat grasshoppers. Because even though we could check the Simonim, Rashi and Chumash also says this, even though we could check the Simonim, we could see that it has Arbarag Lion, we could see it has Arbarag Nafayim, we could see that it has Katsu Lion, we could look at a grasshopper, we see that it has all the Simonim. It's not good enough. You need to know that it's belong that it's this species has the name, besides the specific name of Arab Chagol and so on. It also has the general name of Chagol, and that we don't know because we don't have a Messiah. So maybe the Yemenite Jews have a Messiah, but we don't have a Messiah that it's Shmei Chagol, and that's why we don't eat grasshoppers. Among them. not that you know, even if you wanted to, but we don't eat grasshoppers because we don't know if it's Shmei Chagol. Then there's a shy could we rely on the Yemenite Messiah that I'm not going into. But it has to be Shmei Chagot. So the Ramah, you should say, oh, so you say, need a Messiah. In Ramam, there's a very strange thing. The Ramah says, in the Perish Mishnayis, 
that it has to be Shmoy Chagov, it has to be Shmoy Chagov, it says the Ramam has to be called Chagov, or the, or the equivalent in any other language. Or the equivalent in any other language. If this Shmoy Chagov is something that you have to know the Messiah, it's some kind of arbitrary designation that if you don't have a tradition, you can't know that it's so. Then, then how could it be? How can it work if it's Shmuel Chagov in German, or it's Shmuel Chagov in French, or it's Shmuel Chagov in English? The, the English equivalent of Chagov. What would that mean? There's no Masar in English. Like, like if if it's some kind of nominal designation, some grasshoppers are, are called Chagov and some are not, and we don't have Masar. Which are which? So, what the Germans do have a Masar, the French do have a Masar. We don't have a Masar, but the French have a Masar. Which are the Chagov and which are not? So, it's a parallel. You have the same deek and a similar problem in the Ram in the in, in the in Hilchas Machalos with the Ram that we saw before. The Ram said that if you're Boki Behemovish Masayim, you're an expert and you know them all by sight, by name, then you could eat them on that basis. But if you're not a Boki, then you check the Simonim, and if it's and then it's, and it's okay if it's Shmei Chagov. What do you mean? How do you, if you're not a Boki, how do you know that it's Shmei Chagov? And if you know that it's Shmei Chagov, then then to some extent you are a Boki. How can the Ram say you're not a Boki? I think that the Ram is telling you is a big chiddush over here, and it's a different approach than the other Rishon. The Gemara itself, when it talks about Shmuel Chagov, this is the Mishnah. But the Gemara itself, when it talks about this requirement of Shmuel Chagov, the Gemara says like this: "Kol Sebrisa." After after the Brisa says you have to have the four Simonim and so on, Arba Knafayim, Arba Glayim, Katsulayim, and so on. The Gemara, the Brisa continues: "Vahaloi Hatzatzur Hazeh." The Tzatzur. What is the Tzatzur? In modern Hebrew, Tzatzur is a cricket. It is a cricket. The Ramban brings a medrash that it's Hatsur is, is Hatsoyig Balelis. It's the insect that makes a lot of noise at night. It's a cricket. Says the Gemara, says the Brisa, the Tzatsur has Arba Glayim and Arba Knafayim and it's, and Knof of Chayfin is and it has the, the Katsulayim. It has all the Simonim. So Yochel Yei Kosha, Amuloyme Chagov, Shishmoy Chagov. I think the Ramban read that Gemara. The other Rishonim, the Ramban, the Rashi, the Torah, they read, they read the Gemara to be saying, you have to have this Simona, but then there's this invisible property of being Shmei Chagov that you can only know by Messiah. It's like nominal. You know, some, some, you, you, there's no way to know it except through Messiah. Some, some, some Chagovim, their last name is Chagov, and some, 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 some grasshopper, their last name is Chagov, and some grasshoppers, their last name is, is Jones, and there's no way to know. You just have to have a Messiah. That's the Ramban, the Rashi, all the Rishonim say, you have to have a Messiah, there's no other way, uh, no other way to know if it's Shmei Chagov. But the Rambam, I think he understood differently. He understood this Gemara about a cricket differently. Chaim Panetsky says along these lines, but he doesn't say it quite so star- starkly the way I want to say it. But what the, the Gemara is saying something else entirely. It's not an arbitrary thing. The Gemara is saying, we have four simonim. We, we learned that from a cloud, a cloud, these, all these meaning they have four simonim, wings, legs, and so on. So what if you have a rabbit that has jumping legs and wings? So, so it becomes kosher? No, because a rabbit is not a grasshopper. All of these mean are grasshoppers. The cloud about the cloud can tell me you need to have the four simonim. But besides telling me you have to have the four simonim, it also has to be a grasshopper. A grasshopper means not some kind of arbitrary designation. It looks like a grasshopper. It, it smells like a grasshopper. Anybody who sees it knows that a rabbit is not a grasshopper. You could have wings, it's still not a grasshopper. And the same thing with the cricket. A cricket does not look like a grasshopper. In every language in the world, crickets and grasshoppers are different things. There's no language, I don't know for sure, but, but no, no, but presumably in all, all the languages, uh, crickets have a different name than grasshoppers. Not because they have some kind of messiah, 
but because a cricket looks different than a grasshopper. It looks, it looks in, a, in some radical way. It's not limited to a specific, it's much broader than a specific simon. It's not that it has longer wings or shorter wings. It's that the whole its whole nature is different. It looks different, behaves different. It's different, recognizably different than, than, than grasshoppers. It doesn't belong to the family of grasshoppers. And that would be true in any language in the world. I think that's how the Ram understood Shmoy Chagob. That's why the Ram says it doesn't, you don't need to be a bucky for that. To know the eight minim, the hem of Shmoy Shem, you need to be a big bucky. Here you don't need any big bakias. It works even in other languages. You can ask a Frenchman, is this a grasshopper? If it's a cricket, he'll say, no, it's not a grasshopper, it's a cricket. You can ask a German, is this a, is this a grasshopper? He'll say, no, it's not a grasshopper, it's a cricket. Or it's a rabbit, or whatever it is. It's some other bug that has the simone, but it's not, it's not a grasshopper. There may be other bugs in the world that jump. And maybe they have karsulayim. And maybe they have krof of chayf and asubah. But it's clear to everybody, to any, any observer in any language, that these are not grasshoppers. I think that's how the Ram understood the idea of Shemari Chago. That's what the Ram and the Pirish, so that's why, first of all, the Ram never says you need a Messiah, not like the other Rishayim. And I think that's the sign of the Ram and the Pirish Shemesh nice, that you can rely on other languages. I think that's the different, it's a totally different understanding of this requirement of Shemari Chago, which really, in the Halachal and Maisa, this, this idea of Shemari Chago lies at the heart of, a, of the whole discussion. Shemari Chago is not a single, that's for sure, Shemari Chago is not a single physical feature. Otherwise, we wouldn't call it Shmei Chagav. The Torah would, the would say what the feature is. The same way the Torah talks about, the Mishnah talks about the simonim of Katsulayim and the Knafayim and so on. Shmei Chagav is not that. It's not a specific physical feature. So what is it? So the, the Ramban, the Rashba, the Torah, they understood that it's something less physical. It's something that you can only know. It's nominal. It's something you can only know because somebody told, because you, because uh, you have a Messiah. It's not physical at all. The Ramban is a lotion at the end of the, of the sugya. The Ramban is a lotion that it's a shem ba'alma. It's a shmo. It's a, it's a name. Gap dem emesar. The same way it has a, some, some chagov have a name, arba salaf. They all have a name, chagov. It's something less physical than the arba simon. I think the Ramban learned that on the contrary, it is a physical simon, but it's something more pervasive in general than the arba simon. The arba simon are specific physical features, and we can enumerate four of them. But then chagov means something pervasive. Is it a grasshopper? That's not limited to it. Something might have the same kafayim as a grasshopper. It might have the same katsulayim as a grasshopper. But any six-year-old child looks at it and he knows it's not a grasshopper. That, by the right in the Ramam's in the Ramam's world, that's what called, but that's what's called shmoy chagav. And if you the Ram talk this notion of a, of a masar would not be an impediment, because if in any language it could be, it's enough that in any language it's called a grasshopper. Then, then obviously that's not something that's totally uh, the masar. I think it works. It works out very well. The Ramban who says that it, that it requires a masar. That's because the Ramban himself said that Chagov is a Shema Ba'alma, it's a Shem. So a Shem, he can only know it through a Messiah. The Ramam, who doesn't say anything about requiring a Messiah, just have to be Baidik Basimanim as long as it's Shema Chagov. The Ram's Lushitasoy in the Pesh Mishnais, but Shema Chagov is in other languages too, where there's clearly no Messiah. The Frenchmen don't have a Messiah, what's called Shema Chagov, because it's nothing to, nothing to do with Messiah. It's a gross, pervasive quality that some things are grasshoppers and some things are not grasshoppers, and, and anybody in the world could tell the could tell the difference on site, even though it's not limited necessarily. It may have all the same simonim, but it's clearly not a grasshopper, and that's not included in the heaven.